And it's amazing to me um, when the things that God gives me to speak on, (laughs) the enemy just wants to come in and go, do you really believe that? Are you really going to be that determined? Are you really going to be this? Are you going to be that? And how many know the, the enemy wants to take your joy? Now, as a, as a kid, this is how I could relate to this. As a kid, there's, it's great to get a toy. I mean, if you've been wanting a toy, and then when we were growing up, you know, we made our own sounds with our toys. You know, you could make a pencil or, you know, you'd make all the sounds. And then when, if you, when the toy store started having robots that actually lit up and blinked and <coughs> all those kind of things, that was like so cool. But there's, you know, as a kid, if you get a toy and it takes batteries and you did not get the batteries with the toy, that really stinks as a kid because you're like, oh, you want to play with that. Now, uh, Uncle Jeff, when my kids were little, he made sure he got them toys that took batteries that were loud, noisy and irritating. And he would just look at you and smile. He got the boys these guns one year that were just like, boop, 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 and he would go, no, use it. Keep doing that. Keep shooting. Do that. Do that. And he'd look and smile. As soon as he left, man, we ripped those batteries out and said, I don't know what's the matter with the gun. I'm not real sure. Not working. But I want to talk about being determined. I got a video clip for you, and you're going to have to watch the monitor. Uh, but it's it's a good clip, and, it, and it's really, I mean... Uh, you know, I, I loved last week. This week is going to help us just to, to make up our mind on what we're doing. Make up our mind on what God has told you to do. And, and the enemy's going to come in. How many knows he does that? That's, that's his job. And although that stinks, we are more than overcomers. We're more than conquerors because of Christ Jesus. We can overcome that. I had to tell myself, I mean, just, you know, I didn't need the bulb to go out today. I didn't need this to happen. didn't need that to happen. So you got to be on top of that and say, because when the enemy comes in, you know, they say they put the comma in the wrong place. But the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, uh, God raises up a standard against him. The, the writer was told when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, God puts up. But what, no matter what, God would put up a standard. So whether the comma's there, whether the comma's not, we got to trust the Lord no matter what is coming my way. If heck rises and the Browns win the Super Bowl, or is it heck freezes, whatever, God's going to put up a standard against what's going to help me do whatever I need to do. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head, not the tail. God has got this. Check out this video. Do 
sitting right here. I'd hold you up to say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching you every day. It was like a privilege. Did the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world? And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You need a nobody who's going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Absolutely. If you can think how much God the Father loves you, he'll leave the 99 to go to the one. You want a life? Then we have to understand. We have to be determined. We have to be ready to say, God, you know what? If this is what you want, I'm determined. We've got people that have asked me, Brett, you're living in town. You're the country guy. I know. But you know what? I, I could say without reservation, I don't even understand all of it, but I'm where I'm supposed to be. I feel good about it. I have a peace about it. Would I rather if people say, Would you, wouldn't you rather live in the country? Just talk to a guy yesterday. He goes, man, I'd rather live in the country. He lives in the city, by the way. Wouldn't you rather live in the country? I said, if I was picking, yes, I love the country. I'm a hunter. I love the outdoors. But I'm telling you what, I would rather be where God wants me. Come on, somebody. Then be somewhere and go, just because I need myself satisfied, I'd rather satisfy the Father. But if I can do that, and I'm determined, and, and it is His mindset, it is His will, that I would have the best and be the best, and He would provide for me if I'm walking in His way. Life is full of disappointments. That's what happens. Ecclesiastes, uh, I say that right, I think I did, close, 2, 10 and 11 in verse 17, 10 and 11 says, anything I wanted I would take, I denied myself no pleasure, I even found great pleasure in hard work, reward for all my labors, but as I looked at everything I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind, there was nothing worthwhile any, anywhere, 
verse 17 says, So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. It's kind of like getting something you've waited for, and, and, and I get it. But if you put everything you have in that item, in that thing that, that could corrupt or, or rust or, or finally go away, it's meaningless. You cannot take it with you. There's never been a funeral where the guy takes a U-Haul. You've got to start investing in things that are past just the things that are pleasure here on earth. The things that just make life better. And I, we want that. I get it. But we have to start investing in, in God. Have you ever set yourself up for something? You're just like, oh man, I can't wait. When I, it's going to be great. It's going to make all the difference in the world. And then you get whatever that was. And, and it provides some happiness, but it's fleeting. And then it goes away. Then something else goes wrong or you need something else. It's almost like a cell phone. You can get a cell phone and within six months, I just need the newest model because this one is so out of date. This one can fly to the moon, but we need another model. And it's only $2,000. Come on. God would want me to have that. (laughs) Now I've got five kids. I've had one, one of them's already in heaven. And I do love kids. It's not just because I love kids, it's because I love my wife. <laughs> love Christmas. Anybody knows me? I love Christmas. Still listen to Christmas music all the time. To some people's chagrin, they're like, oh man. Maddie's like, please, I, I dropped her off at work the other day. She got out and I had prayed with her. Thank you, God, for favor on Maddie. And, and she's the woman of God you called her to be in. Da, 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 da. Rolled the window down and go, Merry Christmas. And she's like, oh, because there's people coming in and out of Myers. And that's part of the job of being a parent. It's fun to do that. But I love Christmas and, and, you know, you save for Christmas and get your kids the big present or, or whoever you're buying it for. And you just can't wait to see their face. And sometimes when our kids are growing up, I got them the present that I thought that they would like. And part of the reason is because I like it. And Kim would say, you're buying those kids something, which is true, that you want to play with because I do. But if I was serious, but, you know, sometimes they didn't care about it as much as I thought that they would. And, and they're looking at it. It's almost like getting socks or underwear. Anybody get socks or underwear at Christmas? Nobody wants that. I mean, y'all need that, but nobody, you know, we, we throw that over your shoulder. My mom, who's here today, she just thinks it was kids fun to unwrap presents. And it is. So she would get me socks and wrap them individually. Pajamas, I'd get a top, I'd get a bottom. Just because she thought, hey, he likes to unwrap presents. Not as much as you think. <laughs> you know, if you got one sock, you're thinking, okay, there's another one coming. We're excited about a lot of things. But there's some things that we need to understand. There's temporal things, but then there's eternal things. We build up expectations Sometimes there were things that aren't in the long haul going to really mean anything. And we've invested in something that will not last instead of investing in something that will last forever. 
God tells us about Solomon. He had everything a person could possibly want. Solomon was the richest guy ever, and he was the wisest guy. He wanted wisdom, and so he was so wise. And the Bible says that he gave himself whatever he wanted when he wanted it. Wouldn't that be great if you just walk over and said, yeah, I'll take that. Sir, that's going to be, no, I'll take it. He was able to do all of that. And he said when he surveyed it all, when he took a check on everything, he said it all was meaningless. It really, it didn't fulfill him. It, it still left that empty hole, that unsatisfied. You can find a lot of stuff in this world that'll give you just quick time moments that you'll be like, oh, this is great. And there's nothing wrong as long as it's in the contents of the Bible of, of, of having wonderful things. There's nothing wrong with that. there are many people that are just going through life just trying to get the next best to get another rung up the ladder to do whatever trying just to be happy trying to to survive and just that is their, their mindset i really think some of it doesn't happen the way that we think because we just read the scripture in that last verse that said under the sun He says, I became oppressed to be chasing after the wind and, and the world came to be a tough place. I, I mean, under the sun, there's so many things that are under the sun. There's people that said before we ever even went uh, and did things that they've done already, they said nothing ever can be invented. It, we've invented everything. How many knows that's a closed mindset? And then since then, we, you know, speed of sound, light and all of that, been to the moon, you know, all that kind of stuff. We have to understand that God gave you creative mindset. He gave you all of those things. But what would happen if we would turn our focus on the creator and said, God, how do you want me to do what you've called me to do? There's a lot of things that we get self-centered on in this world. And so I'm going to give you quickly three of those. And then I'm going to give you four things that will help us. But we get frustrated. I'm frustrated. You ever been frustrated? I was frustrated. Just, I'm frustrated. Things in life will frustrate you. Sometimes we don't even know why. Just because it didn't happen the way we wanted or whatever. So it just frustrates us. Ever been in traffic? Especially when you're in a hurry. Got stopped by a train in Marion. Yeah. How about this? You're in a hurry and that's the time you get behind a grain truck. Green Acres is the place to be Farm living And you're like, I just want to get somewhere You get frustrated Here's the second one, you get tired You ever had that phrase? Ever said it? I have How you doing today? I'm tired Really, they did a, they did a study And most people, when they were asked how they're doing Very few would say Unless they were believers Would say, I'm great God is good some people take it even to another extreme and you're like, okay, that's almost not real and I get faith. And we understand that. But what about just, you know, people just say, I'm, I'm tired. That was the number one response. I'm tired. Because life will wear you out. Just like we just saw in that video. It'll, it'll knock you down and keep you down. And the enemy is king of this world. Thank God for Jesus. With so many people that are overworked, we're over frustrated, and we're tired. We just work. Some people work two and three jobs just trying to make the ends meet or just trying to survive or, or whatever. And then finding out just what it takes just to, to get along and survive. How many have had 
children that are getting to the age where they're saying, okay, I'd like to live on my own. I remember Zach wanted an apartment. And so we went and started looking for that stuff. And what happened was, is he started finding out how all of that has to work. I remember him telling me, he said, they actually want a month's deposit before and after. That's $1,200. Actually, it was $13. He's like, that's crazy. Then I got to pay the current one. That's another $650. You almost want to go, welcome to life. (laughs) These bills, they want paid on time. They don't care. No. Because life has a tendency just to push and pressure, and it's easy to be frustrated and tired. You have to go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it just seems like it just continues and keeps going on. Here's our third one that we'll say, and it's a biggie. I'm not happy. Because if we have no, no, Focus bigger than us and just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we have nothing really that drives our ship, nothing that steams our wind. Okay. You need your wind steamed. (laughs) That'll go down in the books. Ecclesiastes 1, 8 and 11 says, Everything is wearisome beyond description, no matter how much we see. We're never satisfied, no matter how much we hear. We're not content. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past. In the future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. Maybe that's where we find ourselves. We just are kind of in that hamster wheel. You know, this is what you do. You know, you just, you, you find a soulmate, you get married, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You raise the kids, supper, Monday, da, 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 da. You know, when I, when we were growing up, my sister's here as well, we had certain nights that my mom, that was pork chop night. I don't know which, it was like a Tuesday or something. And then the dreaded tuna fish casserole night with the potato chips crumbled on the top. Mm. fish sticks where do fish sticks come from do you ever see fish with sticks i don't you know sometimes we just don't want to repeat what we already have we are trapped in this cycle sometimes the job the trip the kids you love the kids but it's just like there's they're expensive. They need this and you got to do that. And there's sports and there's physicals and there's this and there's that. And, and there's the, you know, this and all kinds of, we need this for sales. We need this shoe. Got to wear these clothes. I mean, we got to have the, you know, the hip clothes. Second Corinthians four has got us some truth that'll help us. Let me just set the stage. This guy wrote this. He was very opposite of Solomon. He didn't have anything. If you look at his life, he didn't seem to work out well. It was the Apostle Paul. Every place he went, he was beaten, thrown in jail, stoned, whipped. 39 lashes that nearly killed Jesus. He gets them five times. Shipwrecked, snake bit. And all that, he said, don't lose heart. He was determined. He had already understood the assignment. My friends, if if today we can help understand, we can be determined, none of these things in life will keep us down. 
doesn't matter what the stock market does. It doesn't matter, you know, well, I can't control my kids or this or that or whatever. I'm telling you, you need to be determined, regardless of what people think or what people do or don't do, regardless of what you need or have or do not have, regardless of how people act or do not act, regardless of your job, regardless of what the government does, regardless of what gas prices are, regardless of what food prices are, regardless, be determined, God, you have this. We can still say it doesn't mess me up. I'm never going to lose heart. I am determined. That's why I told you to look at your neighbor and go, I've made up my mind. Wouldn't that rock if we could be like that? Wouldn't we love that? If we knew that secret. Though outwardly, this is what he says, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. This is Paul. Light and momentary troubles. There was nothing ever light or momentary troubled about what he went through. But sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? The thing that's happening to you is like the biggest thing. And, but Paul is saying, stay focused, stay determined. This is just a light thing. You will get through this. The word eternal is found in there. It outweighs them like, like a scale. Eternal. It's a great spiritual truth. The secret to solving your problems isn't to solve your problems. The secret to have something in your life that will help your problems is something that is bigger and greater than what you are. Something that outweighs, it's more important. Something that, that demands your focus. If you really wanted to solve your problems... This is what we do. We would do what God tells us, but we would stop trying to do everything just to solve our problems. We would start submitting. Lord, show me the eternal truth you want me to know. Something bigger than what I'm going through. Something that is bigger than the distraction that seems to be pulling me away. You see, this is a mindset. It's based on a firm foundation. It's based on your belief system. It's based on, do you believe that God is bigger than what you're going through? Do you really believe that whatever you're going through, whatever you're pushing against, whatever is coming against you, that your God, the God of heaven, is bigger than that? That has to be your mindset. That has to be your belief system. No matter what hell seems to be coming up against me, God, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than the giant. You're bigger than the trouble. You're bigger than all of that. We have to fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians four sixteen and 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You see, what is seen is temporary. Everybody say temporary. What is unseen is eternal. Say eternal. If I could give you something that would change your life, that would change this year, one thought that would make a difference instead of focusing on everything under the sun. What if we live focused on what is eternal? What is eternal? 
What is, what is the priority of what has to happen? If, think about those ten virgins. They could, the five of them were focused on other stuff. Five were saying, what we got to have, we got to have oil. Got to get that oil, because I don't know when he's coming back. Let's do that. And the other five are like, we got plenty of time. That didn't work out so well. God, help me to focus on things that will eternally make a difference. The difference I can tell you would, would be this. It would outweigh every problem you face. You'd find yourself, no matter what this year would dish out, you'd find yourself never losing heart, staying determined. If you could just say, God, show me the things you want me to focus on. The other things that are nipping at me, that are, that are just making me just get off my focus. Help me to stay focused on what is true and what is right, what is eternal. Four thoughts this morning quickly. Here's our first one is pray. Prayer is one of the greatest ways to be more eternally minded than temporally minded because then you can put everything under that cover of prayer. Sometimes you pray for stuff that doesn't seem to be important and you find out later it was more important than you thought. But you were praying about it and God brought it and he shifted and moved it to the front. Something that you seemed minor because you were more focused on something temporal and you threw that in there. Come on, you know I'm talking to somebody. And then then God will go, okay, okay. And he'll move it over there, and then the thing that you were focused on doesn't seem to be as important when you found out there was a key in something else you were praying about. Prayer. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since we've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. We do a lot of talk about telling our god about our mountain but we should be telling our mountain about our god we tell god a lot about all of this stuff now i want i am i want us to understand what we're talking about it's it's great to be able to tell your mountain about your god you should do that but i want you to hear me it's okay to tell god about what's bothering you because if you don't have a place to dump your your stuff if you don't have a dumping station so to speak you can't get rid of it. That's why that's the cleansing power of confession. You're able to, to, to tell that to God and you are able to dump that stuff and get that off you because then you can get that to God. It's okay. God is all right with you telling him. He knows what's going on, but he likes you to be able to share with him. What happens is when we tell God all of these, God, this is an issue, then if we are praying, then he can give us a new attitude. Say amen to that. He can give you a new attitude. Romans 12, 2 says that God can change the way you think. I love that scripture. You look at Romans 12, 2. That's what it says. I never read it that way until that's one of my favorite scriptures now, that God can help change the way I think. When I present myself to God, he can help change my view. I can get a new mindset. When David writes a psalm, he starts out kind of like what we would. God beat up my enemies, make them toast. Oh, fry them. He doesn't really say that, but I mean, he starts out like that. He's just like, oh, and by the end of it, he is, he is doing something totally different. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just, you know. He's worshiping God and he's doing all of that. And his whole attitude in the writing seems to take a shift. 
That's what happens. You can come here. That's why it's so important to not forsake assembling yourselves together. Because you can come here all upset or things can upset you in the morning. But you can come here and what happens, just like your vehicle brought you here, you got in your vehicle and it was the transportation to church. Worship is the vehicle and transportation to the throne. So you can come here to church, and that's why it's important, because when you have like believers that are in here, there is that essence of anointing. There is that, that aroma of praise and worship that starts happening. And this group this morning was lively. I could hear y'all. You were all getting excited. What's happening is God then is taking that and changing what became so, oh, like, oh, oh. And then by the time worship is done, things are better. Why? Because you've lifted those up to God. Because he's come in and you, this is what you've done. You've now focused from temporal to eternal. God, you're bigger than this. God, there's a bigger picture than this. Here's our second one today. Help others. Serving and helping is one of the greatest ways you can be eternally minded. Getting your mind off your problems and helping someone else. That's an amazing thing. When you help and serve, you make a significant contribution. You are helping them and they see the goodness of God. I want to give our hand to the heroes that we have with us today. Just our parking attendants, our greeters, our ushers, our nursery workers, our children's workers, our media team, our cafe team, our cleanup crew, our praise team, the growth track team, all of them. Let's give them a big hand of applause. Can we do that? I have an amazing secretary that keeps me on track, and especially during this move and everything. She is just like, you had this and this this week. You've got to do this, and we need to do this. And if she wasn't doing that... Rasa, 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 rasa. <laughs> I just thank God for that. So what I'm saying is serving and helping. There are people that just, you know, God, what do you want me to do? How can I do that? You'll get your attention off you and get it onto the kingdom, something that will be eternally dividend. We have people here that worship one and serve one, and I've asked some of them at different times. Which service, you know, did you like? And you know what most of the responses are? I mean, part of us are just, and we need this. There's nothing wrong with either response. Well, I kind of like the one where I get to, I I, I just get to soak a little bit. I don't have to do anything. And we need that. All of us need that from time to time. But a lot of times, you know what they say? I like the one I serve. Because the stuff that they're dealing with and all of the things... They begin to focus on the kingdom and they start ministering to other people and then God ministers to their heart. John six twenty seven. Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. You know, I, we want people to serve at TLC, but we, we want you to understand, you know, if you, if you don't feel like you can... It, it's okay. Church will still keep going. It was still going before people that are coming now are serving. I mean, it's, that's what happens. But there's a place for everyone. We can find a place where you can do something that God has called you to do. People who help others, this is just a fact. They're in a counseling office much less. They have less problems because they're not self-centered. They're more others-focused. 
By helping others, they help themselves. I had a friend that I put on the board of previous church. He got saved, and, and after some time, he just was very diligent in his attendance, loved God. And I called him Magic was my uh, name for him. I just gave him a nickname. And he said, Pastor, I don't think I could ever be used. I don't know what I could be used in the church for. I said, well, what did you do? He said, I used to deal drugs. That's all I did. I said, well, how'd you get it out there? He said, well, you know, when I get stuff, we'd tell him. I said, sales and marketing. How'd you do with your money? Well, I had to get the money, and I did, okay, you know how to handle money. What I'm saying is this. What the enemy meant for bad, God can make it used for good. There's a lot of stuff that you will disqualify yourself because you are focused on temporal things. And God is saying, no, the enemy thought he had you, but I'm telling you, I'm going to make something better than that. So let's focus on what God wants us to do. Here's our, our third one. Give. It's one of the greatest ways to keep your eyes and sights off temporary and, and get them on eternal is giving. We've upped our giving here at TLC. We're doing more and more of that. And, and honestly, we're doing more of that. And people are like, well, that seems silly because we need more money for the facility. I know it doesn't make any sense in the temporal, but in the eternal, it brings great dividends. Because God says, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. So we, you know, we want to believe and keep doing that because that is active stuff that's happening, bringing the kingdom to life here in Marion, Ohio. So give. You can't take it with you. I said there's no U-Haul. There's a story of a man that he was stingy. I mean, he was like Ebenezer Scrooge stingy. He never gave his wife any money, and he had a big red chest, and it was full of money. And so she would want money, and he would just give her a pittance. Here. And she said, I, we need more. And he said, you'll never get it. He said, when I'm dying, I'm taking this with me to heaven. Well, wasn't too long after that something happened to him and he passed away. And right after the funeral, she ran home to the attic where he had the red chest. And she said, I'm going to see if he took it. There it was. She opened it up and it was full of money. She said, I knew he should have put it in the basement. <laughs> you can't take it with you. So let's ask God, God, what could I do? What, how could I affect somebody eternally? And I'm not just talking about your tithe. Your tithe is just returning. All of what you have is God's anyway. I'm talking about offering. Father, how do you want me to do this? You know, just, I mean, stuff happens and people just think, oh, church just runs magically. Our bulb blew today. I, you know, and they're telling me I, we've replaced that one other time. You know, it is what it is. So we, we've punted and, and here we go. We'll figure all of this out. It won't stop what we're doing. But we have to say, all right, God, how do we do that? How do you want us to do this? What, what, is, what is the plan? How many knows God has deep pockets? God's not. His arm is not waxed short. Numbers eleven twenty three. He's able to meet all of my need. All is all. So we just start having to saying, all right, you know what? In this life, bulbs burn out. They're temporal. In heaven, there's no need for bulbs because you got the Son of Man, the Son of God is up there. There's no shadows in heaven. He's he just walking around. He is the light. So this is all, but here we are. So God, what do you want us to do? I'm telling you right now, God will provide for another bulb. 
It'll be all right. But how, God, what do you want me to do? What, how can I give? What can I do? What can I make a difference in, in this wonderful city? See, I have people, even when I say statements like that, they're going, Marion, wonderful. Yeah. You better start seeing Marion in a light bigger than temporal. What if the kingdom exploded in Marion, Ohio? What if God used you for revival? Start looking. God, I believe you. Let's give generously. Let's pray. Let's serve. Let's give. And here's our last one. Tell of God's goodness. We got to step up and lead as many people to Jesus as we can. Our family, our friends, our neighbors. There's people out there that just don't know. And you know how it, how it happens? When you get a, 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 involved in something that is people that don't know Christ and, and they face eternity or temporal decisions that change how they respond. On my way to Florida to see my parents who now live here in Ohio. And I know my dad has said, why did I move back to Ohio? It's cold. But on, on my way to Florida, I was supposed to get on a flight. The plane broke down. Nobody likes a plane to break down. Not a good thing. They, we were a five-hour delay or something like that. I'm sitting in the airport for five hours. They said, there's another plane going to come. And they're gonna, you're going to board that plane when that plane comes back. That never, plane never came. They said, they're just, they fixed the old one. Yeah, five hours, they fixed the old one. And, and, you know, you hear all this stuff going on. And, and so I'm telling my wife, and she said, I, I, don't, I, I don't think you should go. I don't feel good about it. I don't want you to go. And, you know, inside, I don't want to go. Now, I want to see my folks, but I don't really want to fly on this plane. Give me, an, give me an ostrich with wings or something, but I don't want to fly on. Ostriches don't fly, do they? Okay, never mind. <laughs> but I don't want to fly on this plane. But then I prayed, and, she, and this is what she said. She said, honey, just go pray in the Spirit. Just go pray, and, and, and then call me back. And so I just left where everybody was sitting, and you can hear, there's people going, I don't want to fly. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and they're saying, well, the technician, I'm sure, has got it fixed. And one guy said he fixed this, and another guy said, no, I don't think he fixed that. You know, and we're like, Whoa. There's people that are taking that like, I don't know. So I'm just praying, and I just feel the Lord saying, it's okay, you can fly. So I get on the plane, and this is what I do. I go clear to the back because I'm, I'm not in first class. Um, I've never rode first class. I'm going to do that one of these days. But I'm clear in where everybody with anything they have and whatever they have is all around you. And so I go clear back by the tail. I'm right back by the, the stewards and stewardesses, and all, that's back there because nobody usually likes to go back there. So I go back there. Anyway, I'm sitting back there, and I'm sitting by a grandma on one side, and there's a man in front of me, and, and the plane, we're getting ready to take off, and the pilot's like, please fasten your seatbelt, and, you know, and then the plane starts going, and, I mean, we're like, I've never had a worse bumpy ride on a plane, and we are just getting up in the air. The guy in front of me had been drinking consistently. Every time the stewardess comes by, I'll take another one. And, and, you know, and so he, he was turned around. He goes, we're going to die. We're going to die. And this is what I said. Now, listen, I said, we are not going to die. And I'm not afraid. I'm not. I mean, I could give in to that. 
but I did not. I said, we're not going to die. And he looks back at me, as obliterated as it seemed like he was getting, and said, we're going to die. And I said, no, we are not. And he turned back, and he asked me, and I said, listen, God has got me on this plane, told me it was okay. We're going to get to the destination. I'm not going to die on this plane, and neither will you. And he goes, are you serious? And I said, yeah. And he goes, really? And I said, yes. I said, I'm telling you, I'm not going to die on this plane. I've got a destiny, and it's not to die on this plane. He goes, that's great. Beer? <laughs> True story. <laughs> but I witnessed to him for a long time during, well, you had about two hours. So, you know, on and off for two hours, I was able to tell him about the goodness of God. I didn't lead him to the Lord on that plane, but I'm telling you, I was sowing seed. You do the same thing. Begin to tell others how good God is. Begin to know that you are on a mission. You're ready to do what God's called you to do. You're not just looking at things. Is there going to be problems? If people say there'll never be problems, once you get saved, you never have problems. Don't listen to that. But you got somebody that's bigger than your problems. You're on a mission, and God wants you to be determined. You know what separated Paul from so many people? He was determined. You can beat me. You can do whatever you want. But I am determined. Now I'm not saying you're going to have to go through what Paul did. But I am saying in this life you're going to have tribulation. We have to be determined. But we can do this in a way that will bring grace and mercy to the people that don't know Jesus. You start being who you're supposed to be. You start owning who God has you and what he has for you eternally. The temporal things will fall away and God will bless you in the meantime. It's an amazing thing. But when we focus on the kingdom, when we pray, we serve, we give, and we tell of his goodness. You will get through anything you're going through because you'll be eternally minded, kingdom focused, and everything will start changing. Now, you can say, Brett, I don't believe that. Well, is it working for you what you're doing now? I challenge you to try what I just told you and watch God change your life. Bow your heads, close your eyes.